0: Welcome to Nerd Critic, a podcast about movies from the dual perspective of critical nerdiness. My name is CJ, your resident nerd.
1: And my name is Jordan, your critic. And this is an off-the-shelf episode. And today, we're talking about Slumdog Millionaire. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Okay, so, uh, just really quickly, because we have so much to talk about. Uh, I saw it in a pre-screening way back when, um, and my mind was blown, and I'd like to briefly... CJ, are you okay with this? Sure. I would like to just briefly explain the situation. I was a second-year film student in 2008 or nine, I think is when I saw it, Uh, probably the very end of 2008, and I went totally blind, totally blind. had no idea what this movie was about. I had heard that it sort of loosely followed somehow... A format of the game show who wants to be a millionaire and which
0: didn't make any sense which i
1: didn't understand and then i was like that sounds interesting but people were like it's so good it's so good you have to see it so i went to a theater with a couple of my friends at a pre i say pre-screening but i think it had been released at festivals or whatever anyway and uh and it was a packed theater and uh and just sat down totally blind and was just swept away It was one of the most profound emotional experiences I've had in a theater when I saw this movie. Um, And I just couldn't believe, I couldn't believe how much I felt in that movie. So um, when we, this, when we were trying to pick movies to, to do this week for Off the Shelf um, and we got another Danny Boyle movie coming, uh, coming up. And since Slumdog Millionaire, I've become a huge fan of Danny Boyle. I've seen many of his movies. Yeah. That we decided that this is that this is the movie we'd like to do uh, to sort of lead us up to another Danny Boyle installment of Yesterday coming out this weekend. So or coming out having come out this weekend, whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, Well, I saw. I saw this. What's your story? I saw this movie a long time ago, like a like four whole days. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I saw. I had not seen this movie. Uh, this is one of those, this is, this is a, this is, I'm going to preach for a second. Preach. Okay. Uh, I grew up in a home. No, I mean, that's all I, I grew up in a home. Like, like, like a halfway
1: house or like, like a,
0: no, no, an actual house. Um, <laughs> so I grew up in, uh, I got like, it was, it was a bit spotty as far as like what content we could watch. Um, but by the time Dog Millionaire came out. Couldn't we couldn't watch rated R movies, right? I was even I was even an upper teen at this point, Uh, but we couldn't watch rated R movies. And so this movie came out and it had it had like huge success in the awards circuit. And I was really bummed that I couldn't see it because it was rated R. I saw this movie four days ago, halfway through, maybe a little more than halfway through. I because I saw it. I was at your house when we watched it. We watched. I leaned over to you. And what did I ask? Why is this movie rated R? Why is this movie rated R? And it just was not, of course, like, do the research and, like, make sure that you're watching things that you're okay that you're watching. But this is one of those movies that it's a shame if you don't see it just because it has a rated R rating. Yeah. It is It is brutal at times because it is, like, real. It's just really real. Um, but like, if you haven't seen this movie, we're going to do some spoiler free to open this episode. Like, I hope to convince you to go see this movie. Like it is, it is fantastic. It is moving. It feels important. Uh, it opened a wide, wide open my mind, uh, like to the world. I mean, it's just, and it's just so good. It's just so good.
1: I just have a lot of delight right now because um, I didn't know that CJ hadn't seen this movie until until like a day or so before we watched it. We yeah. had decided to do it, and I was like, I think we were maybe even sitting down. I was like, wait, wait, you haven't seen this movie at all, <laughs> and you're like, no. And I was like, and, and I was like, well, but you know what it's about, and you were like, well, not really. <laughs> I was so well, excited I actually
0: said it has something to do with like, who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, just like what I you was knew. so excited yeah. because
1: uh, because because i because I was able to to I felt like I was part of c j having a similar experience to what I had, and I, it was just what a what a lovely thing. It's yeah, like, here's this yeah. amazing thing that I got to experience, and I was able to uh facilitate that for a good friend of mine and, so i was, it was very great. very very pleased it was great
0: give it give us some uh, give us some context okay
1: so this is danny boyle's best movie <laughs> um i actually don't know if there'd be a lot of consensus about that i think it probably is um the academy certainly seems to think so it won best picture in 2009 as well as Best Directing, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Editing, Best Original Score, Best Original Song for Jai Ho, and Osaya was also nominated, and it also won for Best Sound Mixing, and was also nominated for Best Sound Editing. So it got nominated for 10 Academy Awards, won eight of them. So uh, although it's a bit of a sham that Dev Patel wasn't nominated for Best Actor, it's very clear that this movie did well people yeah. people loved this movie
0: yeah it's it's i think that's one of the best one of the highest success rates yeah. like percentage wise very very like, rare for lord a of the like that. rings 3 yeah. might be, beat it but yeah. like that's there's that's there's very incredibly few movies impressive. that have
1: that kind of pedigree yeah. uh, in the academy and that that is not to say that the academy always knows what the best picture actually is in fact i would say it's pretty rare but that year i actually think it was kind of a shoe in like yeah. Slumdog millionaire was Kind of it that year, like yeah. its competition was not that impressive, and it was itself an amazing movie. So it, it was kind of a sweep. Um, there was a little bit of controversy about the film that we probably won't get into a ton in this episode, because mostly because I just don't feel qualified to talk about it. Okay, so I don't, I don't want to. I'm definitely not qualified because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't. It, it has to do with representation of India. Got it. Um, and Indians in um, in especially impoverished areas of India. And because I don't know anything, I'm not going to speak to it. <laughs> I don't want to. It's not.
0: You don't know anything. I don't, you don't know anything about I, that subject. I don't, <laughs> I don't
1: know. I am. I'm not. I do not want to mansplain. Yeah. I don't want to be the white guy that just has strong opinions about things that I don't actually know about. So yeah. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna talk about the controversy. I'm just gonna talk about why I loved it as a film, and uh, that's that's mainly where I'm gonna stay. Just just, mm-hmm. but I do want to acknowledge that those controversies are out there, and and I've read up I've read up read up on some of them. I don't know how to feel about it because I don't feel like I'm sure. an expert enough in the field or in, in any of those topics or subjects to be able to offer any valuable or constructive uh, insights. So I'm kind of like saying Stay, I don't have a dog in the fight. Yeah. And, you know, it's fair that those controversies are out there.
0: I'm not interested in yeah. them. So, so let's, uh, let's, go, let's move on to some spoiler-free couple of minutes. Yes. Uh, and I, I, see, uh, I see your first bullet. Yes. Of something that you want to talk about, which matches my first bullet, okay? Because uh, because almost immediately in this movie, you are flabbergasted at how good the music is. Music, it is like you're like I was. I was giddy. I I <sighs> gig I giggled with when that when the first like the kids are running away from the cops. And the music kicks in and I was like, what, what is happening? Ah! And I just loved, I loved every minute. And that's sound- not the only time it, that oh, no. happens.
1: This is one of the few soundtracks that I go back and listen to very frequently. Um, the music is astonishingly good in this movie. It is so, so good. Um, and it doesn't age at all. Uh, there's like I don't think there's a single moment in this movie musically that doesn't feel like it's fresh and vibrant and just aggressive and full of energy and perfect for what it's doing. Ten years later, you know, It's yeah. still it's so good. And and
0: some of the stuff is really uh, like some of the the editing choices and camera work was uh, was fairly unique. Uh, I, I like I I I was impressed that. Uh, what what was it? What year did this come out? Oh eight? I think,
1: yeah, oh eight oh nine. yeah.
0: so i'm I'm impressed that ten a decade later, um i i it was still refreshing to yeah. me. oh, well, and that's and that's sort
1: of well, two things going on there. One, Danny Boyle is, is very good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Danny Boyle is very, very good at visual storytelling. Maybe one of the best at at um creative, innovative, uh, kinetic storytelling uh, visually with with the camera placement, with pacing, with um, just the, the the directorial choices he makes are so so fresh. He's like, yeah, Danny Boyle is this is reason he's he's one of my favorite directors. Um, and and the other thing, the other reason that this is kind of gets to it gets to doing what it's what you're talking about it doing is that it drew a lot of inspiration from Bollywood movies, which we don't see a lot of. Um, I don't see a lot of. Americans are not super familiar with Bollywood movies, yeah. but there's a whole film industry in India that has its own kind of cinematic language and style. They crank out been,
0: more movies than we do.
1: Yeah, and yeah. it's been developing for generations, and so when they went to make this movie, they went to really, you know, uh, like the big sort of classic blockbustery, like, you know, cultural phenomenon movies in India in Bollywood, and said, alright, let's, let's take some inspiration from these, and 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 try to infuse Slumdog, *Slumdog Millionaire* with this visual style. A, because it deserves to be to be done that way, and and B, because it's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's it's the right choice thematically, uh, and it's the right choice morally, and it's the right choice um, visually. It's just a it was a really really cool thing. So yeah, there's a lot of really great great stuff going on visually in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway.
0: I, yeah, I, uh, I, there was never a point in this movie uh, that I was disengaged. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with, with, I mean, everything that we've talked about, music, color, all of that. But also the story is good. Yeah. Uh, and if you, if you want. Immensely satisfying. If you, if you want like, actually not, I'm not going to say that. I want people to have the same experience as, as you and I have, have had uh, and not know anything about yeah. it. You so shouldn't know anything. I'm not I'm not I'm not going to say what I was about to say. It's just it is it is satisfying. Uh, it is it is it is uh, it like it feels risky. Like like because of the things that are going on, it's like so on edge that you feel at risk. I guess that's a better <laughs> way to put it. Um, it's very dramatic. It is very but dramatic, a, but not in
1: a melodramatic way. No, it feels no. like there's a, there's there's immense earned tension all the way through the movie. Yeah, It never lets up yeah. on the tension.
0: I have a lot to say. Can can uh, like I think can we move on to the spoiler part because I got a lot to say.
1: Um one one last one last thing just in case anyone's not convinced. Um so we've talked about how amazing the music is, we've talked about how cool the style is, we've talked about how amazing the story is. Um I want to also just I have to give one more plug for Dev Patel. One of the most wonderful performances for a, like a no-name actor. Yeah. Just came out and just did a just a crazy good job at like bringing this character to such substantial life. We, I cared about, I still care about him more than most other movie characters. Like I, you, you can't help, but be fully invested in his story. Not only because of the storytelling, but this, but this guy, Dev Patel I, I want him to be in so many movies. Yeah. <laughs> He's got this <laughs> natural gravitas and warmth that is rare to find in yeah. an on-screen presence we, like that. We,
0: we talked a little bit about it after, uh, immediately after seeing the movie, and because of the drama that we had talked about, uh, it would be easy for somebody in... The, in that character, in that moment, in that story, to overact so so, um, so nuanced—it's—it's like, it's almost like it—it it was begging for a go for the Oscar kind of moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he didn't. I think most amateur actors would have fallen for that. Uh, and I think that I give credit to both Deb, Deb Patel and Danny Boyle to steer into the subtlety. Uh, and the importance of the subtlety in acting in this character, not it, one it overacted off. moment yeah. in this whole movie, great.
1: And as a result, the last thing I'll say is that you cannot help but feel so many emotions in this movie. Ugh. it is it is a roller coaster of emotion. yeah. Every movie wants to be that. This movie is that. Yeah, yeah. This movie is a roller coaster of emotions. You will laugh and you will cry and you will laugh and you will cry yeah. and it will be from joy and it will be from sorrow and it will be from anxiety and you will just have such an experience. And there aren't very many movies that I know of that can that can just sweep you through a story that way. And a large part of it is due to Dev Patel never giving too much. Yeah. So that you are allowed to follow him into all of these, all, the whole story, without ever sort of being pushed out of it by him kind of taking too much or doing too much or or overacting a scene or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or trying to win the award. <laughs> um, it's just so great. So great. Anyway, so I'm fine to get into spoiler sections now. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that if there was any doubt at all, <laughs> any of our listeners that haven't seen this movie, that they should go see this movie. Go see this movie.
0: Yes. Uh, okay, so we are now going to talk spoilers. Yes, stop I, listening that's as, now. That's as clearly as here I can say. Here is your
1: that. here is your several seconds to yes. take the opportunity to turn this episode off before you have this movie spoiled for you.
0: Yes. All right. So I want to dive in. I want to dive into the structure of this story because it's fairly unique, right? We before we'd gone to see, gone to go see this movie before we had seen this movie, we knew it was something to do with Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It's called "Some Dog Millionaire." You you understand immediately why it's called "Some Dog Millionaire," and you go from there. So this this the the it's an it's an intriguing kind of concoction of storytelling, and it's not incredibly unique because we've had we've had kind of uh, flashbacks in the past, right? We've had this like uh you're following one main storyline as it progresses and you're going between uh future or between present and past right but what's different about this is that they give you they almost become kind of kind of like wives tales or legend or like nursery rhymes in a really weird way in that they give you most of the time not always but they give you the answer they give you the purpose of this like of the mini story that they're about to tell. Right. They give it to you, and then they tell the story. Well, they bait you with it.
1: They say, here's this thing. So, the structure that you're talking about is each each question leading up to the million dollar question, or 20 million rupees, as it were, um, is uh, attached to a segment of his history. So, this is essentially a story told in flashbacks. Yeah. Which is often, usually, death for a story. Yeah. You never want to do that except for when it works like this. <laughs> um so so there's current tension and then and then the story is sort of told in a series of vignettes. And each vignette, vignette. That's is good. A, That's good. is each vi- yeah, exactly. And each vignette is is a uh is attached to one of the questions that dev answered correctly. And and to kick off this structure that you're talking about, the very first, I found myself tearing up During the very opening, the very opening, like before, not even the opening shot, but the the opening uh, thing in the movie was black screen where a multiple choice question pops up on the screen. The question is, Jamal Malik is one question away from winning 20 million rupees. How did he do it? A, he cheated. B, he's lucky. C, he's a genius. D, it is written. And then that, that becomes the format for the movie, right? Yeah. yeah. And so we know, okay, the problem here that we have to find out is whether or not Jamal is going to be okay. <laughs> and we come in on him and he's being tortured. Yeah. <laughs> because they think he cheated to get to the last question on who wants to be a millionaire. So then every single question is 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 a is a manifestation of or or you know and so basically we get to see I knew the answer to this question to question one because of this thing that happened to me and then the whole story of his life plays out for us anyway continue sorry i, I realized I sort of stole no you're fine. everything you were you're talking fine about I, away from I, you. <laughs> yeah you're fine I
0: basically wanted to kind of stir the conversation because it's because this kind of unique storytelling and and the structure of it we see We see a lot from like Christopher Nolan, the idea of like playing playing with the different time and everything. Uh, But 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 Slumdog specifically is kind of an experiment in like mini stories that you stack on top of each other and then you wrap in the tinfoil of. A, of an overarching arc, like it just the the way the layers of it is, it's incredibly impressive that it that they laid it out the way that they did, and and I'm trying to figure out why it was so successful. When I've seen other movies like tell, like even sitcoms, if it's a flashback episode, not interested. And I don't, and and yeah. it's mainly because I know where you're gonna end up, and I know that they. They introduce they they uh, our entry point into the story is right before the climax, um, and so that's what keeps it interesting. Uh, but I don't know. I was I was thinking about it quite a bit over the weekend, and I can't really figure out why it captured my attention so greatly. Okay. Anyway. Well, I
1: I can speak to this a little bit. So. The first thing that we get is, and this is—it's really, really smart to structure a movie after who wants, to be, be, *Who wants to Be a Millionaire*. Why was the show *Who Wants to Be a Millionaire* so successful? Because we want to find out if he's going to be a millionaire. Oh, sure. Right? <laughs> yeah. We want to find out if he's going to win a million dollars, and like, and and each question is essentially a story beat. So we get a little arc, a little arc, like so. Good storytelling is. Mini arc after mini arc after mini arc, right? So each scene has its own story arc, and by the end of that story arc, you've progressed a little bit farther along the main story arc in the movie. And so, in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, the main story arc is, are they going to be a millionaire? Sure. And each mini story arc is, are they going to get this question right? And so, if you if you look at the first, if you look at the first shots we see in Who Wants to in Who in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in Slumdog Millionaire. It's Jamal um, at the final question. So we know that he's... He's made it there. He's made it there. Yeah. And he could be a millionaire. But we don't know what's going to happen. So immediately, there's tension set up, right? Yeah. We're like, oh, there's a character in a game show who's about to answer the question to maybe win a million dollars. and But then before we find out what happened, obviously... That tension is then teased out through the whole length of the movie, and more material is fit in. And each of the each of the vignettes that we see introduces uh, it, it's its own story arc. For for instance, for uh, first of all, so in um, the very first scene, the very first flashback we get. I mean, there's lots of other things that are built up. Like, okay, he's being tortured, so we we know that there's more ele- elements to this than just is he going to win a million dollars. Yeah. But, so that's stacked on top of it, and then so there's this question of fraud, and there's all this other stuff going on. But then when we first get his first story there's this mini there's this mini story that plays out right and the mini story that plays out is is he going to get his uh is he going to get the the, his this picture autographed right yeah yeah and then that plays out and then we see the the uh, the aftermath of that is that his brother sells it, <laughs> um, which immediately establishes their characters, their, yeah, which their is amazing relationship. So we get we get characters that we get we get more about his character. We get we understand where he's coming from a little bit. And so we're all, and we're still in the first like five or ten minutes of the movie, yeah. which you're allowed to not do a lot toward the main plot in the first five or ten minutes of the movie because we because as an audience we understand that the first ten minutes of the movie are for understanding who these characters are and what this world is and what it's all about. So the first couple of scenes, what do we get? We get set up. We get set up of. Uh, Jamal. We get set up. Oh, he has this brother that's really important to him. Then very, very shortly after, oh, his mother died. Oh, and then this girl, Latika, comes into his life. She's a big deal. She's the third musketeer, you know, on and on and on, layer after layer, vignette after vignette. And so each vignette is its own story, its own mini story that you care about when you're in it, right? Yeah. And But you never forget that it's also attached to this larger story, which hasn't been resolved. So you're, you're not like, You know, anyway, so basically what it's doing is just adding layer and layer and layer of tension and drama and complexity on top of the foundational layer that we've that we presume at the beginning is about wondering whether or not this kid's going to win a million dollars. And then very quickly come to realize that actually he doesn't care very much at all about winning a million dollars. He mainly just wants to find Latika. Yeah. And then very beautifully by the end, you realize that the only reason he's on, he
0: even says it, the only reason I did the show is so that I could find Latika. Because I know that she'd be watching. Yeah. So yeah.
1: that the reason that it works is because they, they give you something to hold on to dramatically from the very, very first moment. And then they just keep adding to it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the what is it called a mosaic mm. it's a mosaic of storytelling where you have uh, you have the just the smaller pictures mm-hmm. and you zoom out the farther you zoom out the more in focus the larger picture gets yes uh, they they took that and they took that idea and they put it in stories uh, and it w- and it kind of went through the the, the age groups uh, of, of the kids Yeah. Um, Something that made this movie so uh, impactful on me is uh, the reality of it. Now I know I know you said that there's some controversy controversy around uh, you know the the depictions of downtrodden India, um, but but I one I didn't know about that. Two I don't know about that, and so. <laughs> Uh, the the impact is the impact is still pretty real on me and when I watched the movie um and and the entire time I was thinking like is is this a true story like is there it, I don't even know there's an India version of of uh, of who wants to be a millionaire I assume there is did some is that like this could have actually happened and I didn't hear about it. Um, and I don't know what time frame it is because kind of my world is much different so I have no context so I didn't know and uh, it brought to mind um a a quote from John Green he's actually he's an author mm-hmm. uh, he wrote most famously fault in, uh, fault in our stars and there's a there's a quote from him that uh, that I've thought about a lot in in Uh, Like trying to figure out what stories I want to tell as a storyteller, Uh, and uh, the idea of real stories versus you know not real, and what's more impactful. Uh, And he says neither novels or their readers benefit from any attempts to divine whether any facts hide inside a story. Such efforts attack the very idea that made-up stories can matter, which is sort of the fundamental assumption of our species. I think it's really interesting. I um, love
1: that quote. Can you send it to me? Sure.
0: <laughs> Thank you, John uh,
1: Green. That's beautiful. Yeah, I uh, I, I feel think, like that's always what I'm trying to say when people do that thing where they're like, "Oh, well, you know, you can't write that." Yeah, you know, real sure. life is always better than fiction. It's yeah. like, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've I've thought about this a lot, and coming out of this movie, coming out of Slumdog Millionaire, it 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 it, sh- it kind of it feels like it's set up and it's supposed to feel like either this happened or this could happen. Like everything is is grounded in reality, the relationships are real. Um and because of that fact, whether it is real or not, because of that fact, you feel the emotions of the movie even more. Where it's it's not a fictional world, but it it feels like it It's almost for me, it was almost so extreme that I questioned its reality. But then the fact that it could be reality and it was so extreme is what made it so brutal. Like spoilers, obviously the 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 blind kid that oh. can sing makes yeah. double um the uh, the the reality of like Latika's life. We don't see the actual what actually happens, but like, but you From know age, what happens. You yeah. know what happens. It's just all so brutal that who wants to be a millionaire? Or sorry, slumdog millionaire. The millionaire just it means nothing to you. Just like it really didn't mean a whole lot to Jamal at the end of the movie. It's the slumdog part of that of that title that really has the emotion attached to it. Uh, and his ability to overcome is what makes it so happy in the end. Cause like the fact that you leave this movie happy, it's <laughs> kind of messed up because of everything that you just saw. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's the fact that he can come, that he can overcome that and that that slum dog that it's been through so much um, can overcome that, that, that anyway, the the fact that it's stapled in re or it's anchored in reality is what makes the emotion so real to me is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I, um, you know, one of the things that's that's interesting to me, and, I, and I'm wondering what your impression of this has been. Um, so going back to that first question that comes up, um, how did he do it? Cheated, lucky, genius, it is written. Um, it's a really beautiful core conceit. And the whole idea is that fate has a hand in every single thing that happens, right? Like every single one of those questions on who wants to be a millionaire was somehow connected to this very specific emotional turning point into his life yeah really really critical cross mo- crossroads moments in his life so there's a deep suggestion there that it is written right yeah. I mean I mean the whole point of the movie is at the very end you see that question again and then everything fades away and you just see d it yeah. is written like so you're supposed to you're supposed to get this sense that like that that there's it, there's sort of a divine intervention. And so the reason that I the, – the thing that I wanted to ask is, is it beautiful or is it a plot cheat or is it both? And if it's beautiful, why is it so beautiful? And if it's cheating, why do so many people, including me, not seem to care that it's cheating? <laughs> you know? Because deus ex machina is the last thing you want, right? You yeah. don't want things what, to wait, be –
0: Wait, what specifically are you asking? The even?
1: idea of, of fate writing the story. Got it. Right? the idea that like everything is written like the, the
0: like the fact that that uh, he knew benjamin franklin and then the cop says yes, like what's yes. on the 1000 rupee thing yeah. is, i have why no idea. What,
1: what's you know how did you know who they invented didn't the handgun how did yeah. you know what yeah. the song what the what who wrote this song yeah. because it was the song that they were singing to find out whether or not they were good enough singers to be blinded yeah. like those all of the all of the things that he knew he knew for very specific reasons from his life there were such big, important thing, moments in his life that he, of course, remembers yeah. some of those details. Yeah. And that is not only implausible, it's basically impossible. Sure. So that's why the question is, he cheated, which we know he didn't. He's lucky, which doesn't make any sense. He's a genius, which is irrelevant because it's not about being a genius. It's about literally knowing things that you couldn't have known. Yeah. Or it's written. So obviously what we're seeing here is plotting you know yeah we're seeing a writer saying this would be cool if it if this connected to this connected to this and yet when we watch it we're like this is beautiful and mm-hmm. i'm crying
0: mm-hmm. and i think it's wonderful mm-hmm. so why does it work you know yeah i've uh it, it's an interesting question i am drawn to <laughs> i'm drawn to our as humans our awe our natural amazement with experience mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of what stories are based off of, right? If somebody has done a lot, if someone's traveled the world, we're in awe because of the experiences that they have had. Um, we enjoy having conversations with people to hear the experiences that they have had. Um, when you grow up and you, and for some, well, for some reason, your dad or your mom seems to know the answer to anything. And you're growing. You're like, how in the world? I remember growing growing up and having no idea how my dad knew where to go when we were on vacation.
1: <laughs> and I was
0: just he like knows everything, right? And and to a kid. An adult, and especially an adult you look up to, their knowledge is basically infinite, <laughs> right? And it and it feels it it like my mind is kind of drawn to that. Where how do we know anything? Like that, where where it gets suspect is that it was all the right questions for him. Yeah. But but what? But was it like? Could they have asked? There, there's probably fifty other pretty significant moments in his life that they could have asked questions about. So like it's it's the it's the fact that I I took away from it that this kid this slum dog had been through so much that he knew more about life than the average person
1: No, so I, I, I would I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on you okay so to me the reason that this beautiful this beautiful this story is this beautiful is so story <laughs> um the reason that this story is so beautiful Beautiful symbolically is that he wasn't different. He was the only thing that made him different in terms of his experience is that he had more love in his heart. Um, he was so completely in love, selflessly devoted to Latika that it eclipsed everything else, and it drove all of his actions and drove all of his motivation. But
0: isn't that? But his himself- story,
1: his story of being a kid who was orphaned at a young age and had to live off of being essentially a street urchin for, you know, his whole childhood and then learn how to be essentially a con artist in order to eat and then eventually get a job as a chaiwala, a tea server at tele uh, uh, um, telemarketing, telemarketing, thank you, telemarketing company, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is not an uncommon story. It's not an uncommon story. Okay. You know what I mean? So instead of h- him being a a person with a unique story, he is instead an avatar for Indians who came from poverty and who had to struggle just to live. And who 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 were lucky to have a job at a telemarketing company, like and be making enough to like be able to not be on the street. Yeah. Like that that like that that was the story of many Indians, many 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 Indians, and so the reason that everyone was so obsessed with him and everyone was just losing their mind over the show, is that he, one of them, had made it there, and sure. and the only and the only reason that he knew all of the questions, is because it was written. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So it very much plays into the whole belief system of. The culture even is that like things happen because they're supposed to happen that way. It's connected because it's supposed to be connected. It's sort of taut- tautological reasoning almost. It's like okay. it is this way because it is this way. You know?
0: I, I mean, I can, I can get behind that. I just, I, it, it, it feels a bit, of a betrayal to the, to his character to say that he's the same, he's, he's an average Joe.
1: No, his story, his story, where he came from. Sure. The that, things that he had to suffer through yeah. were not uncommon to but the it, people but it, that he came
0: from. But I think what they illustrate throughout the entire movie is that the choices that he makes because his heart is so full of love for Latika. I'm not arguing with that. It, it yeah. are different. I, They're yeah. different decisions. But,
1: but those d- those decisions are not necessarily what gave him the answers is what I'm saying.
0: I argue that they are though, right? He the, how did he know Benjamin Franklin was on the $100 bill? Because he gets given a $100 bill because he cons people. But he gave the $100 bill to the blind kid who then the blind kid asked who's on it, yeah. right? And he had to oh. prove that it was $100 yeah. which in so, which the other Indian kids in. I'm the, not. I'm not you know going to say I mean? that
1: they're totally disconnected. I'm going to say that. So, but you're. We're. You're. You're essentially making the same argument, which is that the only reason.
0: Is that it? Yeah, that it was. It was kind of predestined, if you will. Yes. it is written. Yes, yeah, that's I guess, what we're talking about. Yeah, and, and and I guess what I'm, I'm, saying I'm not
1: arguing about his character. His character, the reason that we love him so much, and the is reason we so, because of the choices he makes. Is because yeah. of the choice, because the kind of person he is, but not because of the experiences that he went through, which were not uncommon experiences. Got it. So the 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 way that he reacted to those experiences and the person that he became as a result of those experiences is what we're is what we care about. Yeah, We're saying, okay, here's this... I mean, I'm not familiar with those experiences um, firsthand because I didn't come from that. But I can see from the world that we've been shown that many of his peers, many of yeah. the people around him had very similar experiences at each step of the way. But the difference is he was making his decisions and responding in this way that exposed him as a as the kind of person who is so beautiful and admirable. Yeah, And somebody that I want to... You know, I want him to win and I also want to be more like him. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, Yeah. I I get that. I guess the the idea that he is he represents the average Joe, yes. But I think he's different. I think that like he represent he did but he did con people, so it's not like a karma thing. But he's like he represents the average Joe that uh, that makes decisions based off the right things. Yeah. Um and and not everybody does that. No. Of not course. not everybody has a Latika in their life that they are constantly trying to find. And thus that that leads them to, uh, to all the I mean it's it's kind of the, the sub the subtext is that love will guide you to happiness. You know what I mean? And yeah. and it's just not everyone has that love. Uh, and so he he might represent the average Joe, but I think he is different in in some ways.
1: Well, let's talk about where that love started too, um, because this is one of the things that I think is the one of the true sort of genius moment or uh, constructs of this movie is that is that the way that Latika Latika comes into his life is not it's not pubescent romance. Yeah. It's not even really young romance. It's just friendship. It's compassion. Mm -hmm. It's him seeing
0: almost necessity in someone. And the
1: first scene in which we see Latika uh, the the first scene that really sort of matters for the three of them is when Jamal and Salim are in like the shipping container. Yeah. And uh, away you know out of the pouring, pouring rain. And and Jamal is looking out and seeing this girl out there and saying and and seeing her just drenched and just standing in the rain and being like, can we can we let her in? And Celine being like, no. <laughs> and and you get to see immediately there like the differences of the characters. Yeah. And we see that Jamal is not in love with Latika. He just feels compassion. He wants to help this person who is their age. He, he wants to help this fellow soul. And so when he essentially brings her in. Um, after he thinks Salim is asleep, um, it's the beginning of a relationship that is based on ch- based on the that sort of pure love, like the generosity, yeah. the charity, the compassion, not uh, not like romance or love. And then it turns into romance and love because of the of the relationship that's been established for so long, and I would say because of the 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 that deep need for f- a feeling of atonement, because because they have to abandon her. You know? Yeah. It's like they've become best friends, or at least Jamal has become best friends with Latika. And when they're on the train, Salim lets her go because yeah. that's Salim's character. Because yeah. he's thinking she's going to be just – she's going to she's gonna drag us down. Weigh us
0: down, yeah. And
1: so – which contributes then to Jamal sort of like feeling like he owes her something. Yeah. And then anyway, which sparks the rest of – so it feels like – it feels – Earned, like the romance between or the uh, Jamal's feelings for Latika feel way more earned than most other stories.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I do want to talk about Salim real quick. Um, so we we talked about you you talked about the uh, when the credits were rolling and we were discussing this movie. You talked about how that like romance is, young romance is, is just a hot, hot button, button for you. Like it soul. just, it just <laughs> yes. like it really it really gets you. Uh, the thing that, that gets me in in movies, uh, as, as evident in some of like my top three movies, uh, two of them are entirely about brothers. And so I knew immediately uh, that moment they were talking about the, at the very beginning of the movie when the kids are running away from the cops and the music comes in. Uh, and I was feeling all sorts of emotions and I was so excited. And then these two little boys are running away and as they're running, they look over to each other and they high five and I knew I was done. (laughs) Uh, and this whole movie goes through and luckily I don't have any, uh, so I am the youngest, but I don't have any older brothers that are just like straight up jerks is what it feels like. Uh, so at the end of this movie, I didn't quite feel that attachment to the brother relationship, but then Time passed, and I thought about this movie a ton. And there's a, there's a, there's a theme in, in, bro- in the relationship of brothers across a lot of movies, including two of my favorites, Sing Street and Warrior, where the older brother feels this obligation and this need to blaze the trail and to protect the little brother. Now, I'm not, I'm only the little brother Figuratively, most definitely not literally um, because I'm 6'2 and my brothers are 5'7 and 5'10. But I, I've i only been the little brother and I, so I don't know what it's like to be the older brother. But I can see and the more I think about Salim, the more like compassion I have for him because every step that he takes, every decision that he makes, I'll be watching you. Sorry, I just quoted a song, <laughs> and it threw me off. Um, he 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 makes the decisions that he thinks are going to protect his himself and his little brother. It it grows and uh, blame it on puberty, if you will, or necessity, or fear, or something. Uh, but but the point that the decision that Salim makes is no longer in protection of his little brother, but in pure selfishness, that's when the relationship breaks. And I, but I think that that inherent need to protect his little brother never goes away. Yeah. And that's, and he might've tried to hide it and it might've like been buried. But at the end of the movie, the rest, kind of the, the, uh, the, the restitution that he gets. Redemption. Redemption, thank you. The redemption that he gets is based on that feeling and that need as an older brother.
1: Absolutely. Which is beautiful. It is beautiful. I, I want to talk about the uh, dichotomy between these, these two brothers and what they loved. So, Jamal loved Latika. He loved this person who was an expression of his own compassion and his own need to give someone something that they that they needed. Um So that deep bond of friendship and love and compassion was what drove Jamal. He was in love with Latika, and Salim was in love with money. Oh. And you see it from the very beginning because he sells his brother's autographed picture. Offered a good price, for money, sold it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, And you get the sense that that's connected to his need to protect his brother is tied up in that, right? If I have enough money, I can... Yeah. I can... I can get us what we need. Yeah. I can keep making sure that we can eat. I can make sure that we're okay. And so he falls in love with money as surely and as deeply as Jamal falls in love with Latika. And at the end, he uh, he has all the money. Yeah. He has all the money. And he dies on a bed of Ugh. money, in yeah. a bathtub full of money. Very you get purposefully the sense, yeah, he sets knows, it up. Yeah. He knows. He knows. He basically is saying, I have I have gotten all that I sought. Mm-hmm. And you get the sense also that he maybe realizes that it maybe wasn't so great. But at the same time, he loved it. He went after what he loved. And he got all of the things that he loved. And then he realized uh, that it cost him his relationship with his brother. And ultimately, it was going to cost him his life if he wanted to make restitution to his brother for what yeah. he had what he had cost him because his love for money is one of the things that kept him uh as being antagonistic to jamal's love for latika Mm -hmm. so basically throughout the movie salim got what he wanted at the expense of his brother getting what he truly wanted yeah and so at the very end of the movie he gives his brother what he truly wanted at the expense of himself
0: oh that's great, man. That's really good. Well, thank you. Uh, I just had the thought that, because uh, there's a conversation that Jamal, when he's when they're little, kind of at that weird camp, play, homeless place as kids, um, that, that Jamal has with Latika, talking about how uh, he can use money as a tool to express his love. And what ruins the relationship between... Salik and and Salim and uh, Jamal is, if I'm not mistaken, Salim using kind of Latika as a tool to get what he wanted, yeah. right? So yeah. it, so it's like it was kind of like who could who could use the tool better, um, and and he was old and he had the gun, yeah. and so he got to use it. And that was all she wrote, and you know, until obviously later. But uh, but it's a it's a beautiful, twisted kind of relationship um, of the of of priorities within yeah. a family. Oh. Yeah. Oh,
1: the thing that makes um, who wrote this. The thing that makes the the uh, the payoffs even more profound is that it happens. It happens. Out of sight. Um, So at the moment that Jamal is speaking to Latika on the phone in that incredible payoff. (laughs) So awesome where he uses his third lifeline phone call to call Latika and uh, to call call his his brother brother. who had given his phone to Latika to let to, to give her a chance of getting out of there, which
0: in that moment. Jamal knew that that sacrifice of I'm giving up me so you can have what you want. Yeah, and the only reason he totally knew that, knowing that, yeah, yeah. Um, n- uh, no, Jamal knowing that, the, obviously there was some sacrifice because Latika was on the other. Oh end right, yeah, yeah. Because yes, yes, he called yes. his brother, yes, but it was Latika that answered. Yes, yeah.
1: yes, yes. And then, and then, yeah, and then, and then him, him. That happening at the moment that he is discovered by the his the mob boss and, and, kill, and killed, but not before he shoots the mob boss, which is nice. He gets, like, the one shot off. And as he's dying, what does he say? Uh, he I says, don't... God is good. Oh, yeah. Because he's gotten everything that he tried to get. Mm. And he knows that his brother got, ultimately, what he was trying to get mm. the whole time. Ah. Um,
0: oh, it's so good.
1: Anyway, yeah, <sighs> it's it's really it's profound to me that that Salim really was the antagonist <laughs> throughout most of the movie. Salim yeah. was the reason that Jamal didn't get uh, to be t- with Latika for the majority of the movie.
0: Yeah, but it was but that relationship was like a necessary evil, right? Yeah. Because he might have been the the most consistent antagonist, but there was because of their environment, mm-hmm. there was always something worse.
1: So you have to wonder. What what would have happened if um, – so, like – and this is one of the things that, you you know, you can look back at the story and be like, well, you know, everything – it's written. Everything happened the way that it happened, and it was for the best. A, you know, he wins a million he, – he wins the 20 million rupees, <laughs> you know, arguably wouldn't have happened if everything else hadn't happened the exact way that it happened. Um, and then, you know, wondering whether or not they would have kind of made it out of the slums the way they did – If they had still been with Latika, would they have been able to do what they did? Or would would it have interrupted the dynamic or would it have been too much you know, whatever. Like was Could they have done what they did on the train, exactly? Or at the
0: tourist or at the Taj Mahal. Yeah.
1: Would 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 Latika have been okay in the end? And she wasn't really okay, but she survived. Right. And so it's hard to say. Anyway. But that's probably reading a little too much into that stuff, but, uh, but it still is. It's, it, it, it's the, way, the way the story is constructed leaves you with a sense of everything happening the way it happened for a reason. And that's the, and that's the whole point. That's what the movie is trying to do. It's yeah. trying to leave you with a sense that things happen for a reason and that ultimately everything will lock together in the most beautiful way possible if you just don't lose faith. Yeah. in the thing that you love the most, or the people, the person that you love the most.
0: And then you can top it all off with a giant dance party.
1: Exactly. <laughs> That's what it's trying to tell you. There's yeah. one other thing that I wanted to mention really quick, and I know we're kind of coming up on the point where we can, we can wrap this up, but I think Jamal is such an interesting character because he doesn't learn much. He just keeps Going. getting back up. Yeah. And he just keeps the candle of faith burning <laughs> despite everything. This is sort of a Forrest Gump archetype if you mm, sure. think about that movie. Totally. Oh,
0: um, man, totally.
1: We love him because he doesn't lose faith. Yeah. We love him because he's willing to do anything to get the person he truly loves into his life. And and we, and we I would also suggest that we might hate him if he didn't get to grow up. Uh, if we didn't get to grow up with him in this movie. I think that we would... I think we would hate him as a character if we didn't see him from a child mm. all the way through his life. Yeah. I think it would be like, you're the worst. Yeah. I get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but because we saw, because we were there, because we understand, we know what's inside of him, and we know what's driving him, and so we love him, even though he doesn't change much yeah. throughout this whole movie.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting because there's not like – he's not particularly – strong or courageous or you know any any of the the stereotypical qualities of the hero of a movie um he's just a slumdog yeah Yeah. he's just kind of a dude and
1: he also critically doesn't have a fatal flaw he doesn't have some terrible thing that he has to like overcome some personal failing that he has to like be humbled by and then grow out of like he just is a person full of love and devotion yeah and it, and that's why I say he's much like Forrest Gump. You watch Forrest Gump, and it's a movie that actually operates in a very similar way in terms of uh, yeah, little structurally, chapters, yeah. yeah, little little vignettes that are bookended and bookmarked by one central sort of present yeah. day story of about a man at a bus stop waiting for the bus to see is the, the girl he loves, and etc. Um, so it's really it's really interesting how there's that there's a symmetry there. But the the most interesting thing to me is when you can successfully pull off a story with a protagonist who doesn't learn anything. Mm. And whose protagonist isn't driving a lot of the story, and is very reactive much of the time to the story. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's interesting. Although I would say Jamal is a much more active character than Forrest Gump is um, in that movie. Anyway, anyway, that was was just a thought that occurred to me. I was like, these, and I also love Forrest Gump. I think it's a wonderful movie. Yeah, Um, it's fantastic, and and they are they share a lot.
0: Well, I am. Uh, I'm very interested to see um, kind of how Danny Boyle handles uh, what feels to be like a comedy. We just saw. We just. I mean, Some Dog Millionaire is is a. Is a pretty heavy movie, uh, we, not without we, its funny moments. Yeah, but, but definitely not the. the it's not a comedy. Yes, yeah. it's <laughs> well, not a comedy.
1: Except for in the classical sense, where it's a happy ending, and any sure. drama where they have a happy, <laughs> sure. happy ending is uh, can yeah. be argued to be a comedy. Uh,
0: but the uh, but the 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 movie that we're going to be covering on Friday yesterday. that was a confusing sentence the movie yesterday will be the movie that we discuss on friday (laughs) uh and uh and it seems really if you if you haven't heard of yesterday you should look up a a trailer for it it's essentially a a a struggling musician like bumps his head and when he wakes up uh the beatles never existed
1: well everybody forgets
0: everyone forgets the beatles Beatles. existed Yeah. yeah Uh no well no because oh, yeah, no, even yeah, goes to Google he, it is and gone, it, it's yeah, they Google. just never existed. Yeah, that's in the trailer, no spoilers. Yeah, and, and so <laughs> we haven't he, seen it yet. uh and so he he uh builds a career playing Beatles songs. So it's a very it's very light subject matter, uh, and it's it's entirely different than Slub Dog. So I'm I'm really interested. I'm I'm really excited to see how it goes.
1: Yeah. Me too. Me too. Um so that's what that's what we're gonna be covering on on Friday, and then uh if you have any suggestions for other off the shelf episodes
0: yeah. we're really trying i mean we we kind of rack our brains it's sometimes related to the movie but if you have suggestions if you have favorites we'd be happy to talk about them
1: absolutely absolutely this this week we actually kind of were a little open and we decided um we decided on slumdog partly because it was a movie we already wanted to cover and we're like, Oh, well then it's appropriate. We'll do it because yeah. of Danny Boyle. But like really, well, there are a lot of weeks yeah, where we can do any fun. movie. Yeah. So yeah. yeah,
0: it was also, should we do Slum dog? And you're like, ah, nah, nah. and I was like, I've never seen it. And you're like, yeah, yeah, we should do. Slumdog. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. I'm very glad we did.
0: Um, also, if you're listening on uh, Himalaya, uh, that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, we recommend uh, you going to Himalaya and using that app and seeing what it's all about. We also are going to roll out some some really cool stuff uh, later, and Himalaya will be uh, a significant part of that. As so, soon as we
1: have a specific timeline for that stuff, we'll let you know. Yeah, just know that it is actively in development.
0: Yes, incredibly actively. Mm-hmm. We are. It is consuming my thoughts. <laughs> it's so. taking a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and. Thank you, Michael Baumiller, Miller, for the music. Indeed. As the final exclamation point to this episode.
1: <laughs> and remember to collect movies like a nerd and re-watch them like a critic. And cut.